Begin Podfix Network transmission in three, two, one. What is up, plant people? It's Tuesday again. That means it's time once more for the Planthropology Podcast, the show where we dive into the lives, careers, and general amazingness of some very cool, very amazing plant people and some very interesting plant topics. I'm Vikram Baliga, your humble hosting guide, and uh, I'm thrilled you're with me today for this journey through the plant sciences. Hey, I've got a short one for you today that's a little bit different. Um, I've been trying to think of what I wanted to, to post for today, and I had some ideas, and I went through some different stuff, and I think I'm going to save my interview with uh, a very special guest for next week. But for now, I wanted to talk to you about the plant trade. The plant trade, oh, the market where people buy plants. Now, I don't mean this is like a market, like a fish market where you go and buy plants, but online, in person, all over this big green and blue world of ours, there is an international plant market, a local and regional plant market that um, has turned into something pretty bizarre. So I thought I would talk about that a little bit today. So uh, I don't think this one's even going to be long enough to warrant a mid-roll, so I'm going to give you our housekeeping stuff up front. Hey, make sure you're following Planthropology all the places. I'm on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Search for Planthropology. That is Anthropology with the PL slapped right on the front. Look for the bristlecone pine with the green background, and that'll be me. You can also join the Planthropology's Cool Plant People Facebook group, which is pretty much just what it sounds like, a group of people that are cool and who talk about the podcast and who uh, talk about plant memes and all kinds of other stuff. It's great. If you want to support the show, uh, the easiest way to do that is really just to tell a friend about Planthropology. You know, there are a lot of y'all here today. And if all of you would tell one person that you love and care for that they should be listening to the show, there would be a lot more of us. And that would be really pretty cool, pretty darn cool. Um, also, if you'd like to financially support the show, you can head over to buymeacoffee.com slash planthropology and either do a one-time donation or sign up for a monthly thing and you will literally help me buy coffee. And thank you as always to the Texas Tech Department of Plant and Soil Science for all the support and for letting me do this thing. If you want to learn about plants and you want to get a degree in plant and soil science, this is one of the best places you could do it here at Texas Tech University. All right, let's do the thing. It is time to talk about the plant market and all of these totally bananas buy-sell trade groups you see on the face space. Okay. So a quick disclaimer before we jump too much into this, I occasionally sell plants, all right? It happens. I run a greenhouse and horticultural gardens, if you did not know that, here at Texas Tech University in Lubbock, USA, uh, Lubbock up here on the high plains where you can watch a dog run away for two days, where you can see a storm coming all the way from New Mexico and where people probably settled because the horse died. Yep, and they were stuck. Anyway, uh, and so as a fundraiser for this greenhouse, occasionally we do sell plants. We'll grow succulents. So actually, we have succulents here all the time. We use them for classes and different things. Um, interior plants, veggies, fruits, not a whole lot of fruits, but occasionally we'll do some fruits. Tomatoes are fruits, so we're going to go with that. Herbs, ornamentals, perennials, annuals, whatever, really whatever. And um, 
we do pretty well, right? We use it as a way to help fund this facility. The university pays for my staff and to keep the lights on and some other stuff. But in terms of improvements and things that I just want to buy that I think, hey, this would be a cool plant for the garden, we fundraise for that in a variety of ways. And one of those ways that we do it is plant sales. And we'll do a couple a year. So as I start talking about this, please bear in mind that I'm not just like pointing fingers. We try to keep our prices reasonable in the realm of what a normal person might expect to pay for a plant. So yes, we may sell a succulent for four or $5, but we try to make sure that is big enough for that value, that you're getting your value out of it. I'm going to tell you a dirty little secret. Succulents really aren't that hard to grow. You know, we will occasionally go through and, and um, let me, let me put a caveat on that. A lot of succulents are not that hard to grow. Things like sedums and graptopetalums and a few others that you can break off a leaf and, you know, drop kick it across your house and let it sit on the ground for two weeks and let your cat sit on it and bat it around for a while. And then it dries for a bit and it looks all crusty and weird. And then you put in some soil and it grows roots and you get a new succulent, right? So some of them are really not that challenging to do. There are others that in terms of their propagation are quite a bit more challenging, So I'm not going to say that every succulent is the easiest thing to grow, but in general, it's not that hard to grow plants. Y'all, it's just not. It's not. So we try to be reasonable. But I'm in some of these buy, sell, trade, like community plant groups. I'm always interested to see what people like and what the questions people are asking. And I try to give um, some of my quote unquote expert advice when I can and all of that. And folks, some of the prices you see in these groups is it's it's absurd, absolutely absurd, totally absurd. And we're going to do a deep dive into this sometime soon. We have a, a grad student here named Emily in our department who is just a wonderfully fun and delight of a human being. And uh, she said that she would come on and talk to me sometime about this a little bit more because she has spent a lot of time researching, growing, trading, buying, all of the things in these groups. And she really knows quite a bit about some of the weird dynamics that go on. She's great at propagation. So we're going to talk to Emily sometime soon, but I just wanted to do a quick introduction into this for those of you that are uninitiated. So the plant market and the plant trade world is not new. This is something that's been happening for hundreds or, or thousands of years from the time that, you know, the ancient Egyptians started to see that, Oh, you know, this plant might be kind of cool to have in my house or at my house or palace is probably a better word for that. Uh, in these holy sites in seats of power, they would bring plants in and they would trade them internationally. They would bring, bring plants in from the far East and from South Asia and from different parts of Africa and even into parts of Europe. And, and so we see this happening over time and I don't know what it is over the past few years, but for some reason, it has gotten incredibly popular. Now, I think houseplants have always been a thing. People love having houseplants and landscape plants and all of this. And I'm going to go ahead and blame my generation, the millennials, for making the plant trade as totally bonkers as it is today. Okay, Uh, So what we start to see is that people have gotten plants, they buy them from somewhere, they go find a vendor, etc. They do their thing. And then they, over time, have figured out, oh, I could sell this. People will buy it. There is a market for all of these things. 
So um, you see all these groups popping up. And I'm not just talking about like people that, you know, will take some of their succulents or some of their plants that they've grown, their veggies, whatever, and go to the farmer's market and sell them there. That's super common. I'm talking specifically here about these buy, sell trade groups on social media, on the internet, whatever where we see some of these completely obscene prices. And so I wanted to do just a quick little episode telling you as a buyer to beware for a couple of reasons. One, believe it or not, there's a lot of illicit activity that goes on in the plant market. I know it's weird, but plant poaching is a very real thing. There are um, cacti and other plants that are endemic to very small, very specific areas. And people will go poach those cacti, those orchids, whatever it is, and sell them on the market. So you may actually be buying a black market plant. And that is so weird to think about, right? This little cactus that's an inch tall and costs you 413. That should actually be your, probably your first sign that something is amiss that your little one inch tall cactus costs 400 bucks. But some of these will come from the Chihuahuan desert, come from the Mojave desert, come from far West Texas in the big bend area. Uh, they may come in internationally from Mexico or um, South America or from Africa and different places. And they end up in the market. And so a lot of times people don't even know. They buy it off of someone, a vendor somewhere. Um, It's shipped to them, and they don't know that maybe they have a very rare or a protected species. And we really need to know what we're dealing with. So when you're buying plants, maybe do a little bit of research ahead of time on the provenance, and that just pretty much means where does it come from, Um, the origins of the species that's on the market. Now it may be hard to trace one specific plant to a point of origin, but we can know with a fair degree of certainty by looking at, you know, the uh, NRCS, the Natural Resource Conservation Service, the USDA, different groups about what things are traded fairly regularly that, that are maybe not super legal to trade. I'll see if I can dig up a couple of links and put them in the description. All right, so we have quite a unfortunately healthy illegal plant market. And that bleeds its way onto some of these social media sites and some of these plant swaps or plant trades or whatever. You can end up with things that maybe you really don't want to be caught with. Now, I'm going to say that is a fairly small problem. No, no, no. Let me let me say that differently. It's not a small problem, but it maybe doesn't come up every day, right? You're not every time you get on there, you're not seeing rare, imported, illegal, smuggled whatever plants. Um, It happens. It does happen without a doubt, but it's probably not incredibly common in at least some of these groups. I think in general, the people that are buying these plants that are illegal know what they're doing. Okay. What I want to talk about a little bit is the prices that we're seeing in some of these groups. And I, at least, at least one person's going to get mad at me for this and that's okay. Um, Plants are not that hard to propagate. And I I, I say that with a little bit of reservation. I am aware that I have a greenhouse. I'm aware that I have three degrees in horticulture. And that I've been doing this kind of thing for quite some time. And so I I do hesitate to say, oh, everyone can do it. Because that's a little bit, you know, I don't know, elitist or whatever. No, it's easy for me. It should be easy for you. It's not how that works. But that being said, let's talk about Monsteras, okay? 
So Monstera deliciosa is a very common plant in the interior plant trade. Uh, if you haven't seen them, they have these great big leaves that are, you know, maybe the size of a dinner plate or larger. Uh, they have holes in them that in nature would be generally designed to shed water to keep it from trapping humidity there around the canopy. They grow generally up things. So you'll see them growing up trees or whatever in nature. But in the trade, they've become incredibly popular. And I'm going to be really honest with you. I don't get it. I, I don't get it. They're fine. They're very much fine. They grow quick. They're cool because they've got big leaves. They You can grow them up things. You can mount them. To see. They're, they're fine. They're cool plants. But I've seen like rooted cuttings. So uh, if you look at the, the stem of a Monstera, it's got all of these little what look like this is hard to describe on an audio format, but it almost looks like scales. You'll see these rings around the stem that almost look like they're laminated on there. Like if you ever think of if you've ever seen a uh, a ginger root or the rhizome from a ginger, how they're kind of scaled and laid in there together. Each one of those little lines is called a node. And that's going to be a point of either leaf attachment, root attachment, or stem attachment. Generally, what we see is that people will cut a node with a leaf on it. They will root that and they'll sell it. Okay. Sometimes you get a leaf without a node on it. If if the leaf does not come with a stem, if all you're getting is a leaf, you can maybe root that leaf. In fact, I know you can root that leaf, but it probably won't ever develop um, into a full plant. You've got a pet leaf, which is also maybe cool. I don't know. But you'll see these rooted cuttings with a node, rooted nodes. Um, and for a regular Monstera, uh, just the run of the mill, you see prices pretty commonly 20, 50, 75, or a hundred dollars, you know, a hundred dollars or less for these rooted nodes. I, I still think that's crazy, but whatever. Um, sometimes you see these prices for unrooted nodes. It's like, Hey, I'm going to take this cutting. I'm going to mail it to you and you do the work and I'm still going to charge you a couple hundred dollars. But then we get into some of the variegated varieties. Now, variegation is where you get multiple colors on the leaf. So generally in Monsteras, you'll see some white patterning and some yellow patterning and it's cool, I guess. Fine. Um, but I have seen rooted nodes. I've even seen unrooted nodes for these prices of $1,500, $2,000 upwards of that for one leaf with some roots on it. Now I, I understand that things are worth what people are willing to pay for them. So it's easy for me to sit here and say, well, it's not worth that much. I wouldn't pay that much for it, obviously. Uh, but but some people might, and I guess value is determined by the purchaser. That being said, I think we have created this market that puts a lot of value on things that maybe have some manufactured scarcity, right? Yes. Now, I understand that not every Monstera you find is going to be variegated or variegated in a specific way. But is it is it worth $1,500? If you're choosing between your rent payment and uh, or a car payment and this this cutting of a plant it's going to be hard to grow it if you don't have anywhere to live right if if you can't take care of it it's going to be a problem 
So I think that we should be pretty careful about the way that we approach some of these uh, markets on both sides of the market. So on the buyer side, we should definitely be aware. Is it is it worth this much? Um, now, again, I, I think variegation is cool. And a lot of times people will find a leaf um, or something on their plant that is variegated and they'll propagate it to see if they can keep it stable. And those are unique and they are fairly rare. And that's great. It's great. Um, and on the buyer side, if you want one of those, awesome. I, I'm not going to tell you not to get one. But but we should maybe be a little more reasonable in the prices we're willing to pay for some of these things. What is the overall ultimate utility of this? Are we, are we treating it like the modern day art market, the living art market, where prices are determined by the status brought by a certain kind of plant, by a certain pattern or something like that. And on the seller side, now I get it. We do what we can to make a buck, especially right now. Times are tough. I'm, I'm on board and I don't, I, I, I don't, I don't really fault anyone for wanting to make some money off of the things that they've grown and the work that they've done. I'm, I'm on board. That being said, are we creating an unsustainable plant market? If we're charging these really incredible, almost absurd, obscene prices for single cuttings. Um, we're creating sort of an interesting classism with the types of plants that people can buy. And when we start to really put pressure on classism, we see a lot of things. When we create more haves and have nots, we see people overextending themselves to buy something so they can be in the in group. We see, and I see this all the time in these plant groups, plant people should be really nice. And I think generally we are, but every now and then a little bit of crazy sneaks in there. And I see some really terrible things said to people like, oh, you don't have this plant? Well, you must not really care. You must not really be a cool plant person. And I have a giant philosophical and ethical problem with that. How about we make a market where the sellers make some money? I think that's great. I think we should be doing that. Um, but then where more people can afford to buy the things that we're selling. I don't know. I know it's a limited thing. I know that you don't have room in your house necessarily to make hundreds and hundreds of cuttings. And if you're trying to uh, make some money off your plant, especially if you paid a lot of money for that germplasm, uh, those genetics, that that phenotypic uh, uh, presentation of that plant, I get that we want to get our money's worth, that we want to make a good investment. I don't know, y'all. I am just kind of talking here, but I think that at some point we have to be really careful about the way we approach our plant buying, selling, trading so that we don't turn it into something it shouldn't be. Uh, we talk a lot about the accessibility of nature and the accessibility of education and things like that. And I know that this is not exactly the same. I know it's in some ways a very tangent issue. But that being said, we have to be careful not to create something in our plant communities that is um, maybe becoming a little bit of what we hate. All right. Anyway, that was probably more serious than talking about goofy plant markets really should have been. Uh, I like begonias too, y'all. I think African violets are real neat. I even don't hate monsteras, and I, I've found some cool succulents that I'd pay a little bit of money for. Um, by the way, we had a plant sale. Talking about plant sales. We had a plant sale last year, and I had like, uh, I don't know, five or six, maybe maybe 10 
of these um, uh, candelabra plants, these ghost euphorbs. It's Euphorbia lactea. I don't know if you've seen them. They're kind of like, I don't know, squarish stems, triangular to square stems, really super angrily pointy. And if you stab them or poke them or break off a pad, you get this latex sap that comes out. And uh, it can be actually pretty toxic. Uh, I have never seen people go so nuts about plants. We had like five of them, six of them. I was like, yeah, we've got a few of these laying around. We'll throw them in the sale, whatever. I don't think anyone will buy them. We sold them for like 15 or $20 and people were literally, like I, one of my employees went out carrying one and this old lady like literally grabbed it out of his hands and was like, this is mine. And she paid for it. So that was nice. But uh, we propagated a whole bunch of them for this year's sale. And it seems to me, that I could probably charge a lot of money for each one of those. And there's some really nice ones and I'll, you know, base the prices based on the size of the plant and all of that. But at some point, if I'm charging $400 for each of these, there are people out there. I know for a fact that would pay it. Uh, I am becoming what I hate and that's a problem. So be reasonable with your plant buying and selling and your purchases and everything else. Uh, and keep being nice to each other. Y'all, Uh, I say this at the end of every episode, and if you're not being nice to each other, especially to other plant people, maybe start doing the thing. Start doing the thing. All right, we'll be back with another interview next week. It's going to be lots of fun. You know how much I love you folks. Y'all take care, and you keep being very cool plant people. You've been listening to a podcast of the Podfix Network. Discover more audible gems like this at podfixnetwork.com. Make sure to catch up-to-the-minute network shenanigans by following at Podfix on Twitter, official underscore Podfix on Instagram, at Podfix Network on Facebook. And make sure to subscribe to Podfix Presents wherever you choose to find podcasts. The Podfix Network, artist owned and loved.